Let's pray together, church. Daddy, thank you for holding our hands. Thank you, Daddy, for working with weak people. How you make us strong. We bring our availability to you. Here we are, Lord. Use us. Even though you know all the things about us, you still call us and you still use us. And that's all because you love us. Help me to preach now, this weak preacher. Hold my hand and help me. Pray for other preachers who are in pulpits in this city, in this state, in this country, around the world, who are preaching today. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are declaring your word. We pray for a move of your spirit, and we know your spirit will not move apart from the word of God. Break yokes today. Renew minds. Cleanse hearts. Empower the weak. Save the lost. We love you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you are turning to Romans chapter 16, I like to say hello to Joseph and Cheryl Frierson who are here from Dallas. Let's give God some glory for them. Also Todd and Heather Green are somewhere in the house too. Where, oh, there they are right there. And a graduate from high school. Amen, amen, amen. Come on y'all, let's give it up for these folks. Come on now. See, we family. They may move to Maryland, move to Texas, but we're still family when they come to town, they come on by Strong Tower. So it's good to see y'all. Any other out of town folk, I'm not recognizing right now. All right. And then to Aya, baby Aya, honey, I apologize for saying your name wrong during the dedication. Prayer still went through, but y'all said her name and pastor's bad ear. This my good ear, this my bad ear. So Aya, we love you, baby. And I want to say thank you to whoever it was who put those lovely flowers in my seat uh, with a picture of me and my mother. Thank you for whoever did that. I, I give God glory for you. Can we? Hey, that's a, that's a round of applause. What's wrong with y'all today? Y'all all right? Y'all here? I'm gonna let y'all out at 12. You can eat. It's gonna be all right. Oh my, let's see here, let's see here. Romans 16, verse 13. Let's get a word. Let's get a word from Jesus. Reading from the NIV, it says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. So greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. The Apostle Paul is closing out this letter in the New Testament that has been called the Constitution of the local church. Because in the book of Romans, he covers so many necessary and deep doctrines with such ease and simplicity. He comes to the end of this letter and Sister Phoebe, who is a deacon, is carrying the letter for Paul 
into Rome. Now, Paul has never been to Rome. He hopes one day to get there. And he says to the people, he says, uh, on my way to Spain, I'm going to stop by and see the church that is in Rome first, before I go to Spain. Well, Paul may have never made it to Spain. He may have never made it to Rome uh, because he said, I got to go into Jerusalem first. So scholars are trying to figure out the period of time because we know that when Paul went into Jerusalem, um, that was what led him to Rome to be crucified, ultimately, uh, rather beheaded, ultimately, excuse me. So he's writing this letter, he's closing out, and it's very personal as he's talking to all of these believers who are part of several house churches in the city of Rome. And Paul mentions 35 people by name. That's a good pastor, when you know the names of the people that you serve. Keep praying for me. I, I do okay, but I, I, I have a lot of growing to do. But he remembers 35 people by name. And in verse 13, he mentions someone named Rufus. So the question is, who is Rufus? And I know some of you are thinking it's the band that sang with Shaka Khan, but that's not what we're talking about. Pastor, tell me something good. I'm trying to tell you something good. Uh, some of y'all will pick that up. <laughs> we're not completely sure, but this name Rufus is found elsewhere in scripture. One other place in Mark chapter 15, verse 21, and it reads as follows. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, the father of Rufus and Alexander, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. So this is the second time we see Rufus's name mentioned in scripture. And he is the son of Simon, the Cyrenian or the African man, which we talked about weeks ago, who was compelled to carry the cross of Jesus because he could not carry it on his own. And so Simon's coming in and he has Rufus and Alexander, his sons, with him. And they grab Simon to carry the cross of Jesus and both Alexander and Rufus watch their father carry the cross of this bludgeoned man who was a stranger to them. Mayhem was breaking out in the city at the time, and so it had to have been traumatic to watch their father have to carry the cross of this man named Jesus. And so when Paul says that he was chosen in the Lord, that may mean that out of all of the people who, carried the, who could have carried the cross of Jesus, Rufus's father was the one who was selected. And so since he was selected, there is an honor that comes upon the sons, namely Rufus and Alexander. And so Paul says that he is chosen in the Lord because he happened to be there that day. Because the apostles were not there. They ran. So young Rufus, along with his brother Alexander, we don't know their age, but they were sons, young boys, they got to see something that even the apostles did not get to see because they were hiding. And so this young man was chosen in the Lord for that historical moment, not only in world history, but thank God, most of all, in redemptive history. So greet Rufus. He's chosen in the Lord. Now, Mark mentions Rufus. So Mark writes his gospel 
in Rome. And he's writing his gospel to Romans because Matthew writes his gospel primarily to the Jews. Luke writes his gospel primarily to the Greeks. John writes his gospel to the whole world. And Mark writes his gospel primarily to the Romans. So he's in the city. He's writing to the church in this city. And so therefore, people are familiar with Rufus. So that when Paul comes along at the end of Romans 16 and says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, everybody knows who that is. And then Paul says, and his mother who is a mother to me as well. So everybody knows Rufus and everybody knows Rufus's mother, even though he does not call Rufus's mother by name. Because this is a quote unquote famous family because of what happened on that day when Jesus was walking to Calvary and Simon was chosen to carry the cross. And so everybody knows this family, which means everybody knows Rufus's mother. She was not only a mother to Paul, but she was probably a mother to many in that church. A big mama, if you will. And as accomplished as Paul was, Paul still needed a mother. As successful as he was, as strong in the Lord as he was, as spiritual as he was, he still needed a mother. Now in this case, she is his spiritual mother. Because the Bible lets us know that Paul was raised in the things of God. That he was taught the law at a young age. So his father and his biological mother raised the boy right. But here's the thing though, when we come to the letter of Romans, which is written somewhere around AD 57, Paul's mother may be deceased. Or when he converted to Jesus Christ, she may have backed away from him because being a, a kosher, a, a, a woman given to Judaism, and when Paul defected to Jesus, if you will, again, the same zeal that he had to protect the law, he learned that from his mother. So when he converted, she may have stepped away from him, and he may not have a biological mother, if you will who will understand the things of God and nurture him spiritually. Again, we don't know. I don't want to read into the text. I just want to imagine, use a spiritual imagination to think this through. Because around 80, 57, Paul is in his 50s. And he still needs a mother, definitely a spiritual mother, whether his mother is alive or not. This man, as great as he was, still needed a spiritual mother, and you need a spiritual mother as well. Even if you have a biological mother, you also need a spiritual mother or two or three. Why do you think Mary went to see her cousin Elizabeth when she was pregnant? Because she needed a mother. Even though it was her cousin, Elizabeth was like a spiritual mother to Mary, the mother of our Lord. So today, let me talk about spiritual mothers or mothers too. Spiritual mothers or mothers too. Paul said that this woman not only was Rufus's mother, but she was his mother also. The great Paul needed a spiritual mother and you need a spiritual mother. You know why? Because you need covering. You need nurture. You need love. And can't nobody hug like a mama. You need hugs. Paul, with all his traveling, going all, all, all over the place, he needed a spiritual mother. Because as it has been said this morning, Mother's Day can be a painful time for many of us. 
But here's the beauty of the kingdom of God. This is why the local church is so critical. This is why the local church is so critical. And I know in this world today where people are leaving the church in droves for this reason and that reason, and many of those reasons are legitimate. But still the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But we gather all the more as we see the day approaching so that we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So I know what the world is doing, but we're not talking about the world. We're talking about the church. We're together. And I know COVID has made us comfortable, but it's time to gather again. If you can, it's time to gather again. And here's the beauty about the local church. Mark chapter 3, verse 31. It says, then his brothers and his mother, speaking of Jesus, came and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, look. Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. So Jesus' mama and his brothers are looking for him. Verse 33, but he answered them saying, who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. What's going on here? He's establishing a new precedent. He's saying biological families are important because God created them. He placed you in a family, Acts 17. But at the same time, your spiritual family, they're just as important and necessary as your biological family. And depending upon what kind of family you come from, your spiritual family is going to minister to you and care for you and love on you more than your biological family. You don't have to say amen, just say a, because I know it's right. So by the blood of one man, Adam, we're all related anthropologically, especially in our biological nuclear families. But by the blood of one lamb, we are all related spiritually and have been given one spirit to drink so we can have more in common with a brother or sister in Christ than our brother or sister who bears our last name. So Jesus is establishing a new precedent here about the kingdom of God. Those who do the will of the Father, they are my family members. And then Paul picks it up in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Let's see if I can get that 1 Timothy chapter 5. This is what he says. Verse 1, do not rebuke an older man, because that's supposed to be old folk in the church, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. So that's why we call each other brother and sister and mother and father because the local church is that family. Paul said in Galatians 6 that this is the household of faith. And what I love about my tradition, my heritage as a black man in America uh, with African roots and ancestry is that when the slave church was birthed, out of necessity. There was a dignity in the slave church that was not found in the cotton fields. There was a dignity in the slave church that was not found on the auction block of my ancestors. Because they would go into the church and not only find identity with their maker, with their creator, with their God, a God of love and a God of justice, but they would also dignify one another. Because in the field, you were a boy, even though you were a man. 
and they would call you all kinds of things. But when you came into church, you were Deacon Jones. When you came into the church, you were Mother Jones. When you came into the church, you was Reverend so-and-so. Because in the church, that was going to be an honor placed upon God's people because there was so, so much dishonor placed on them in society. And not just in slavery, but also in segregation. So the church provided families. Frederick Douglass, the great abolitionist, said, I barely saw my mother. I would see her at night when we would travel from plantation to plantation. I really didn't know my mother. And I surely didn't know who my father was. But the church provided family for those who needed family. Psalm 68 verse 6 says that God sets the lonely in families. This is why you need a local church. Because you not only need brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers, but you need to be a brother, a sister, a father, and a mother to someone else as well. You just don't do all the receiving. You got to do some giving. Why? Because in the words of Sister Sledge, we are what? Family. And it's real. It's real. It's real. So number one from Romans 16. Let's go quickly. We all need a spiritual mother. Paul said, Greek Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother who has been a mother to me too. Paul said, that's my spiritual mother. We all need a spiritual mother. As I mentioned, Paul had a biological mother who raised him well. We don't know if she was alive, but if she was, was she supportive of what her son was doing? Because again now, uh, 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 mothers are the closest thing to the love of God. But when a mother is not filled with God, Mother can be the closest thing to a devil. You ain't got the amen. Amen me in the parking lot. I'm just going to quote the psalmist. He said, when my mother and my father forsake me. Some of y'all been forsaken. We don't have to try to act so spiritual that we don't need to admit that, man, we've been hurt by our moms. They've forsaken us for this reason or that reason. But David said, but the Lord took me in. He's the ultimate parent. And so we all need a spiritual mother. Now here's the beauty of it now. Paul, this Hebrew of Hebrews who converts to Jesus. He's the, the, the apostle to the Gentiles. So he doesn't have a problem with Europeans, Indians, people from India. He doesn't have a problem with Africans, people from Africa. Loves everybody. And he sees God's diverse kingdom at work through the gospel. So this means that since Simon was from Cyrene, which is in Libya, which is in northern Africa, a black man carried the cross. Chances are this black man, this African man, married an African woman and their children, Alexander and Rufus, were people of color, black or African. So this would mean that not only was Rufus Paul's homeboy, but that his mama, big mama, was a black woman that this Jewish man said, that's my mama too. Because in the kingdom, your spiritual mother may be of a different ethnicity. Ah, mm-hmm. But some of us say, Mm-mm, she don't understand what I'm going through. Man, love, love understands. Come on now. Because love will knock down those racial barriers that the world and even the church puts up. Paul said, my mother, my spiritual mother is an African woman. Because we all need a spiritual mother no matter how old you are in your 50s, 60s, 70s. 
No matter how successful you are as a church planner, missionary, apostle, you still need a spiritual mother. Number two, we all need to publicly affirm our spiritual mothers. So through this public letter, Paul greeted and affirmed his spiritual mother. So we're reading this letter 2,000 years later. But at the time he wrote it and uh, uh, Sister Phoebe carried it, everybody in town uh, would hear this letter read and they would hear about Rufus's mother. So Paul was publicly affirming his spiritual mothers. And I'm here to say that our mothers like that kind of stuff. They'll act like they don't want to be honored, but they like it when they get honored. Just about every mother has some kindergarten keepsakes. That stuff you wrote and made in kindergarten when you could barely spell, and you're cutting out construction paper hearts, and, and you're making turkeys and all this kind of stuff with your hand, and you put mama on there, I love you mama. A lot of your mothers still keep that stuff. You know why? Because you affirm them publicly. Ma, 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 ma. Proverbs 31, 28 says, her children of the virtuous mother, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Our mothers ought to be blessed. They ought to be praised. They ought to be honored. Why? They nearly lost their life to give us life. They shed some blood so we could come up in here. They ought to be honored on that alone. But have you ever noticed, though, when those big football players make a play, do something good, and they're sitting on the sidelines, and they're drinking Gatorade, and then the camera comes right in front of them, and what do those dudes say nine times out of ten? Hey, Mom. Love you, Mom. They done just murdered somebody on the other side of the ball, knocked the helmet off, mouthpiece out. I mean, these are just brutal dudes, and then all of a sudden, hi, Mom. Dad gets no love. And then I'm watching the ladies get flowers and a candle. I'm like, man, that's pressure for Father's Day. <laughs> Pastor Jerry and I said, what are we going to do for the fathers? We done given y'all some socks. <laughs> We've given y'all barbecue rub. We don't know what to give y'all. That's usually how it is on Father's Day, isn't it? <laughs> we get a tie. Again. You know what I'm saying? But mothers, though, mothers... When somebody wins an award, they're at the Essence Soul Music Festival and, or, or whatever award show Grammys, after they thank God, who they thank? Mama. Uh, uh, even Tupac, thug life, written over his body and been shot five times, and, but he's going to make a song about his mama. Mama, mama, mama. But mothers need to be publicly affirmed. Yes, they do. And finally, we need to claim our spiritual mothers. Paul said, that's my mother. She's your mother. She's my mother. He's claiming his spiritual mother that he received from the local church through the kingdom of God. So you got to claim your spiritual mother. Because one day you may have to take care of your spiritual mother. You may take care of your biological mother. You may have to take care of the one who took care of you because the cycle of life works in such a way that God set the family up that way, that you were being taken care of when you couldn't take care of yourself. Now you got to take care of the one who took care of you. You got to claim her. And even if she has to go into a facility that can take care of her better, you better go see her. 
There are those of us whose mothers are not alive today. We would love one more opportunity to hug her, talk to her, listen to her. And if your mother is alive and you don't talk to your mom, you don't call your mom, you don't go see your mother. <sighs> Paul had a word for you, man. Infidel. You're worse than an unbeliever, man. Look, look, honor your mother and father. I don't care what she may have done to you. You honor her position even if she didn't treat you well like a person. Honor her. She's still a gift to you from God. That don't mean you got to listen to everything she say, but honor her because somebody wishes they had that mother to honor. So claim her as your own. Claim and say, that's my mama right there. That's my mama. She wasn't the best mother growing up, but that's still my mama. Only one you're going to get. So when she hugs and kisses you in public, you say, that's my mama. When she go to work every day to provide for you, you say, that's my mama, I claim her, I don't take it for granted. When she tells you to put on clean underwear because you might be in an accident, that's my mama. My mother would do that stuff, put on clean underwear in case you're in an accident. If I'm in a car accident, they're not gonna come and check my underwear in the middle of the street. And depending upon the accident that I'm in, I might have had another accident in my drawers. But they're going to put on clean underwear when they come up to your school. Uh, that's my mama. When they do your hair, that's my mama. My, my mother would not only brush my hair, she would brush my face. Y'all ever had that mama that just, and back then they had them brushes with the steel on it and just brushing everything. And for the ladies, you know, uh, they, they had them big hot combs made of metal that they would heat on the stove that when you had the fire coming out the stove and they get that grease on this side and they get your scalp right and then they come with that big hot comb and, and mama don't get my ear, hold your ear then, it ain't that hot. That's my mama. When she pick out your school clothes. Your mother ever pick your school clothes out? My mother had me go to school looking like a nerd. I mean, I just, wasn't nothing cool going on with my outfit in the fifth grade. She bought stuff with rhinestones on it and stuff, but that's my mama. When she make you eat your vegetables, you can't get up from the table unless you clean your plate. That's, that's my mama. When she uses her spit to clean your face. That's my mama. Maybe your mama didn't do that when you, you know, have some craters in your eye because you didn't want to get soap and water when you were a kid. You, didn't, you tried to bypass the sink. Mama say, uh-uh, come here. So yeah, my eye clean, but I smell like my mama spit when I'm going to school. When she tell you to go outside and pick a switch, that's my mama. When she whip you and pray for you at the same time, that, that, that was my mama. When she punished you by taking away your phone, when, when she cooked your favorite meal, that's my mama. And when she flirts with my father, I ain't trying to see all that. But that's my mama. When she comes to your graduation, like my wife was at our daughter's graduation yesterday, Screaming the loudest out of everybody. <laughs> that's my mama and that's my wife, you know. That's mama's gonna always cheer you on when she prays over you at night because you're sick. 
when she gets up early to pray and read her Bible, when, when she helps you with your own children, when she gives you her last few dollars. It's just something like it's a never-ending few dollars in the bottom of mama's purse. <laughs> she be broke and stuff, asking you for some money, but then when you, baby, hold on. And, and, oh, and if you got kids, the kid's going to leave with more grip in their hand than you got in your pocket. That's what mamas do. Let me pay for your meal, baby. When they drive you to where you need to go. When mama gives you advice, when she serves the poor and then takes her children out to serve with her, that's my mama. When she brags on you to her friends and got pictures of you everywhere on her phone now, but back in the day, they'd have pictures in the purse. When she makes you feel like you can do anything, that's my mama. My mother would, you know, she, she would watch the services online and, and she'd tell me, oh, I, I love how you love your people. Saturday, she would pray with me, pray for me, pray over me so I could come and pray. And it didn't matter how old I was. I was still her little Christopher. Yeah. I would say, Mom, would, would you stop? How's my little Christopher? <laughs> That's my mama. Yeah. So if you no longer have a biological mother, or if you have one, please remember that a spiritual mother is a mother too. Because I was blessed with a wonderful biological mother, and this is my first Mother's Day without her, my brothers and my sisters. Uh, but God's grace is with us. We have great memories. But here's how God works in this kingdom. When my mother died, I knew I would be okay because I had another mother, a mother-in-law who is here this morning, Doris McFarland, who, who, who is a mother to me who gives good hugs, good advice, who prays over me, who prays for me, who makes me feel like I can do anything. And if I need something, she gonna reach down in that purse and after she move her pistol to the side, she gonna find, <laughs> no, she don't have a pistol, she don't have a pistol. She a praying woman, she a praying woman. But she does have a razor blade. You know, that generation, they, they cut you. And when my mother died last July, I knew I would be okay, not only because of my mother-in-law, but because I knew I had spiritual mothers in Strong Tower Bible Church. I knew, I, I couldn't wait to get back to get love and hugs and care and encouragement from the spiritual mothers in Strong Tower. I'm so glad that this is just not a young, what's happening, buppy church. And you know, just got a lot of young people up in here. I'm glad we got some gray up in here. I know some of y'all didn't try to cover the gray, but, I, but I'm so glad. Because with the gray hair comes wisdom. But man, some of the spiritual mothers in this church, just some of them, not all of them, but here's some of them that I, I've gotten love from throughout the years. I'm so blessed. How about Denise Bell, Mother Denise? And then there's Mother Debbie Hall, Mother... Debbie Hall, another mother, another mother. Y'all got Debbie? Y'all good? Y'all good? Y'all good? All right, we'll keep moving. I got some salutes up here, but I don't want to name these names if I can't. Aubrey, what we got? We good? I'm just going to name the names. If you, you can get the picture, get the picture. What you, what you say, Pastor? No, no, Debbie Bell, my, my 
say it in my good ear. But anyway, uh, Debbie Hall, Sister Vi Jones is a spiritual mother in this house. Mother Lily McLean is a mother in this house. Been a mother to me. Mother Pat Parker has been a mother to me. Oh, she hugs so wonderful. And y'all got to recognize, man, again, the diversity in my spiritual moms. And I'm proud of it. Karen Puckett Stevenson is a spiritual mother in this house. We got Karen on the... There she is right there, man. When she smiles, everything just goes away. Any troubles, the beauty that's in her face. And then there's Mother Carolyn Revere. Oh, my. I've been her pastor for so many years. I prayed over her, seeing God heal her of cancer. But when she gets my attention, when she said, come here. <laughs> Uh-oh, what did I do wrong? When they first uh, joined Strong Tower, she says, okay, I I'm with the church, but if y'all don't serve people, I don't want to come to this church. Because she was a nurse working and helping the poor. And she said, I want to go to a church that makes sure that they do what Jesus said do. So, so the thing about a mother, you get all that hugging and all that encouragement, but you also get some challenges and some correction. Praise God. And then there's Sister Eileen Stallard, a former pastor's wife. Mother Eileen, Mother Eileen. They'll bake for you and cook for you. Mother Carol Walton, whom we've been knowing for years. My own children have been like children to her. And last but not least, Mother Walker, whom we celebrated. Her, how old now? 80 years old. You see, some of us grew up in churches that, yeah, they had a deacon board, but they also had a mother's board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might need to get one of them here at Strong Tower. Because uh, as Sister Lasagna reminded me, the mother's board would say, oh, you popping that gum in church? Give it here. Give it here. Put the gum right there. They, they would wear them white shoes with the white stockings that you couldn't see through. White dress. Nurse's cap. Never been to medical school, but nurse's cap. And if some of the sisters fell out, they'd take the cloth and put it over the sisters. And if the sisters came in with a skirt that was a little too high, mama would say, come here. Bring back the mother's board. Matter of fact, today, Pastor Jerry, I want to inaugurate the Strong Tower Mother's Board. Do I have the authority to do that? Y'all better be right when you come up in here. But the closest thing to the love of God is the love of a mother, even if she is your spiritual mother. And for those who are grieving, you're hurting, your mother is deceased, whatever the situation may be, let the, the, the kingdom of God minister to you. Not to replace your mother. No one can replace your mother. But someone to be there, present for you. That can love on you and that you can love on in return. Amen, amen. Thank you.